Welcome to the 503 Report, where America's voice is heard. Thank you for listening online. Be sure to check out our website weekly as we bring Sacramento and the world to you. The 503 Report at www.503report.com, where America's voice is heard. still silver it was back when the country was strong back before Elvis and before Vietnam War came along before the Beatles and yesterday when a man still work still would it's the best of the free life behind us now and are the good times really over for good and I will chance for the flag or the liberty bell I wish a Ford and a Chevy would still last ten years like they should It's the best of the free life behind us now and all the good times really over not only did country music lose uh, a legend just a couple of days ago, but America lost a, a great American and a man who sang about the working man, wrote songs about the working man and what life is all about. And it, man, does it seem like the good times were all really over for good. Well, I'm here to say that they're not. And, you know, as a young man growing up, you know, you got your whole life ahead of you and you want to be older and you, wiser and just to be older to do things. Well, as you get older, you wish, man, you could really slow down things, the clock and everything. You wouldn't have to see and feel and hear all the things that are going on. And in this world today, it's pretty tough everywhere. United States, still the greatest country in the world, but boy, we're facing a lot of problems, a lot of issues out there. I'd like to think that we're not really going down to hell like Merle singing right there, but we have some tough decisions coming up for us in the next, uh, oh, this coming year uh, for America. For the world, we have a lot of choices. But I'm here to say, this young guy who grew up to be 58 years old today has the greatest part of his life ahead of him with his wonderful wife, his kids, his grandkids, and his great kid, grand grandkids. I, I have the greatest life ever. And the best part of my life is still ahead of me. 
So I know that the uh, good times are not over for good. Merle, we are going to miss you and what you wrote about and what you sang about. We truly will. We're losing too many of you, men and women, who sing and write about what it's like to be in America, family, hard work. He epitomized all that. It's Friday. It's our favorite day of the week. It's the 503 Report bringing Sacramento and the world to you. With me, as always, my good friend, Andrew Welburn. Buddy, how are you today? You know, it's a sad day, not just in country music, as you, as you were saying, just across the nation, losing, losing the great ones, folks. Uh, seems to be happening more and more. You know, we're, we're losing the greatest generation on earth. They're beginning to depart from this great earth of ours, hopefully ascending into heaven. And, uh, you know, with uh, the hag leaving the earth, I'll tell you what, man, it is a, it's a sad day. It's an era that's lost, you know. It's an era lost during a time period, like you said. Uh, you know, no longer are we maybe focusing on the issues in America today and expressing them in music and uh, in, the, in, the, in the bars down in the southernmost part of this nation. Music and songs, man, and politics sometimes go hand in hand. And I have to tell you, man, I got a few memories about music and songs. And maybe, maybe we'll go down that road here a little bit. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Hello, folks. Andrew Wellborn here on the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, we podcast this show on iTunes where America's voice is heard, Tim. And, by the way, happy birthday to you, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Much. You can text us at 257-8255, and we will answer your question. If you don't want to get on the air, please feel free to do that. And You know, the greatest generation, it included uh, men and women in the military and uh, singers, uh, politicians, everybody. You know, our, our parents, our grandparents, uh, as we get older, I look at myself for the birthday today, but I truly believe that I do have the best of everything. I look back just at the last couple of years of my life with my, you know, I have great grandkids now, and that boy, that doesn't make you feel a little bit older, but it's nothing more special than that uh, bond between uh, kids, grandkids, and great grandkids. They look up at you, you know, all the hope in the world, because I can remember doing that when I was young, and uh, I really hope that the best of times for them are ahead. It's going to be a little more difficult, but I really truly believe uh, that America. Uh, the best times will be ahead uh, for them, and I, I and I hope to see as much of that as I can for another 58 years. You know, country music is something that's very, very, very important to me, folks. And, you know, from time to time, maybe I hint at this. I don't know if I really talk about this. Uh, very few people know a particular side of myself. You know, my father and I, we, we've... Uh, We've, we've got a catalog of songs that we've written over the years, and my father had two of his songs that actually were published and uh, went number one during uh, two time periods. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've got these pieces. And, uh, you know, when, when you write a song, you, sometimes you target an artist when you put the piece of music together. And the time period, you know, I mean, my dad and I, we, 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 we had an opportunity to give these songs out to certain artists and, uh, you know, unfortunately, some of these songs were not published yet, but, you know, we, we hold on to them. But we were just, what I'm getting at is, is just, just a couple of years ago, I was over the hill in, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in Nevada County, in Nevada City. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, I, I had an opportunity to play with Merle Haggard's uh, legendary drummer, Biff Adam, who has been with him forever. And a guy named uh, Jay Lacey, who has played uh, with everybody from Elvis Presley to, to everybody. I mean, it's just, these musicians are great musicians. And, you know, I just don't know if we're seeing the level and the quality of a musician develop today, whether it be in, in rock and roll or country music or anything like that. You know, it seems like the skill and your ability 
to to compose is starting to disappear a little bit with today's generation and uh, you know it's unfortunate but these guys are really really good musicians and they're really good songwriters and it's very very tough to be in that industry it's tough to break into that industry and so you know it's 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 a big deal when 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 somebody of great statute you know somebody who can actually compose and write and play passes away because you know that that ability that talent obviously is is gone and the question is is you know is it being passed on to another generation when it comes to that type of talent well that's the question right there Andrew because you really don't see too much of that I think especially in country music because you can hear and you can feel uh, what that is all about it's very difficult you don't think of the people that are out there today as that it's, it's more and I want to, and I do like the music, but it's more rock and roll. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that Merle and Willie and Waylon, uh, George Jones, Johnny Cass. Mm-hmm. We don't have that now. T- times do evolve, things do change. I was talking about that at the beginning, but it's very difficult. And it sure would be nice to have some people out there that could write and play and compose like that. Well, I'll take it a different tone here today on the first segment of the Five Hundred Three Report. We do have a caller on the line. Thanks for joining the conversation. What's on your mind today? Hi, guys. I just want to thank you for your opening comment. It couldn't have been any better. Thank well, you. Th- thank you very much, and uh, that is how I feel, my friends, and everybody knows that, and we appreciate that. Uh, it's very difficult when you lose uh, somebody. It makes you, you know, And as you get older, you, you think about things like that. But I, you know, like I said, I truly believe. You know, I have great friends like you and your family, uh, my family, the, the family here, I, I am a very blessed man, and I, I truly feel that. And I want that, and I feel that for my country mm-hmm. as well. Uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have said that mm-hmm. 35 or 40 years ago, but as you get older, you do get wiser. When you're a young man or a young woman, you don't know everything. It takes some life experience it to does. know what's going on, it Andrew. It does, it does. You know, I, I had a, a very fortunate opportunity as a young man when I was down in San Luis Obispo, California, and the Paso Robles Mid-State Fair was a big, big deal. And I happened to uh, do a job there for eight straight years. And three weeks out of the year, it was probably one of the greatest jobs I ever had. And boy, I, I tell you what, I learned a lot in that job. Not just uh, not just working, but, man, I learned a lot about politics. Absolutely. <laughs> I bet you did, <laughs> Andrew. You oh, off the air, we talk about that. <laughs> boy, folks, I learned. Uh, how to uh, maneuver within very, very sticky political situations with a lot of money involved and uh, individuals of great statue and egos and things like that. But, you know, during that time period, I have to tell you, from that time period, anybody who was anybody in the entertainment world came through my gate and it came through my ability. And so I had these folks and I had access directly to all these guys every day, four to five entertainers a day. It was was great. It was awesome. And and meeting these, these entertainers, you know, I had the opportunity to meet Merle Haggard and uh, you know he, he, he was kind of a kind of a cranky guy hang on yeah lie, he you was know? I got to interview him once about 20 some years ago here and you got that right he, it, he, we, was, he was a great guy yeah he was and you know when it came to this job you know unfortunately sometimes I mean th- th- those artists man there, there are some artists that I won't listen to to this day <laughs> as a result of, of dealing with those artists and then of course you know some artists that I've become the greatest fans of as, as a result of meeting these guys and talk to them a different tone here today thanks for joining the conversation you're on the 503 what's on your mind today hey I just wonder what you think about like these little kids that, you know the little boy and girl bands stuff that like corporations turn into superstars you know <laughs> I mean compared to the old timers like you know Haggard and those guys I mean, what do you think hey, about, like Miley Cyrus can I tell you can we take, take a listen to this <laughs> spot in the air it's got the distance it is 
Oh, that wasn't it. it. They changed it on me here. I was gonna. I had my booing segment up there. It's it's, it's booing is all I got to say about that. Things have changed down here in a couple of months, but I don't like. What have they done? They have done nothing, Andrew. They haven't written anything. They haven't talked about anything. They haven't lived anything. Well, let me let me put it like this. Yes. Back back when I was trying to break into the industry, back when I was a young kid at twenty twenty one. Back in the day, <laughs> you know, they they looked at me, man. They're like, hey, son, you need to you need to go out there and live a little bit. You need to uh, you need to get out there and live the songs that you're trying to write and uh, get out there and pay your dues a little bit and uh, definitely not the case today and I don't know about you guys but you know at my age I have a difficult time trying to root <laughs> and cheer for a, a 12 year old or a 15 year old or 18 year old or 21 year old man and you know what to be a fan good lord man you know I don't want to I don't want to look and act like a pervert when it comes to admiring a and young it, girl out there trying to sing today absolutely Andrew <laughs> absolutely my friend alright folks time for something you should know you don't know maybe you don't want to know but you're going to know that right now yeah we're going to get back to a little history and politics here on the 503 the year is 1783 huh catherine ii of russia she annexes the uh, crimea hmm big issue wow. going on over there in that part of the na- of the world today 1789 the united states house of representatives holds its first meeting i don't know if that was a good day or <laughs> not 1913 the 17th amendment to the united states constitution is ratified the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. Heard every Friday at about 12.15 after news, podcasting on iTunes. And you want to give us a text, 257-8255. You can text us. That's our phone number here as well. Coming up with the half-hour show right after this. It is Friday, our favorite day of the week, the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. Live from the high desert in the Sierra Nevada mountains, it's the 503 Report, Northeastern California's original political talk show, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And here's your host, Tim Ryder. Thank you very much, Stan, and welcome back, everybody. It is our favorite day of the week. It is Friday. It's the 503 <laughs> Report, bringing Sacramento oh, and man. the world to you. And at the, I hope you caught the first 15 minutes. Because it was heartfelt, it was funny. We had a good, good opening segment there, buddy. You know, tone's a little different here <laughs> on this one. Yes, you know, talking a little bit about Nashville, Tennessee. We're talking a little bit about the country music and how we lost a great one on the first part of the show, the, the legendary Merle Haggard, and how uh, great superstars at, at that statue and the ability to play and those songwriters, the people who put those those great songs together, are starting to starting to disappear along with the greatest generation in this nation. So I don't know. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that and combine it with a little bit of politics i don't know man it's just going to be kind of an open day today we're just going to kind of go like we always do feel what we feel say what we say and just kind of see how we get through this show hello folks andrew wellborn here on the 503 report bringing sacramento and the world to you and of course we podcast this show on itunes where america's voice is heard tim absolutely andrew 257-8255 if you want to text us with the question you can feel free to do that and you had a great point in the opening there you know, somebody 12 to 15 to 18 years old doesn't have any life experience. I mean, that's why the blues were so great in the 40s and mm. 50s and made us feel. And you look at the legends of rock and roll back in the 60s. They got their inspiration from the blues. The country mu- musicians of the 50s and 60s, you know, today's group says they get a lot from them. We don't have the writers, maybe, and the singers like we did back then. And we are losing them all too quickly. And even the ones that were around, like George Strait, Alan Jackson, were popular 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. We're starting, you know, they're starting not to be around as much either anymore, although they're still here. So... 
you know, you talked about down there, you got the, the, the greatest three weeks of your year. Every year was yeah. down there at Passive Robles. <laughs> and you saw everybody and some people you still have a tough time listening to. Oh, man, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, you know, that Mid-State Fair job was a great job. Boy, I tell you, great time periods. And uh, I used to take my vacation from my state service jobs, you know, in order to, 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 uh, to do that job and take time off. It was just that important. You know, my father and I, we were songwriting back then during that time period. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, my father has been published twice. He's got two number one hits out there that, uh, you know, that have made the top charts by two very big artists during two time periods. And so, yeah, it kind of falls in the family a little bit. And, uh, you know, we've got all these songs that we were writing during that time period. And we were artists targeting them, you know, Tim. So when, when, when I knew and I got the, the, the listing of, of entertainers that were going to come into the California Mid-State Fair in Paso Robles, California, you know, then we would start to work that year and we'd tweak songs and, and actually put them towards the artists and so i've got this stack of work over there and i've been i've been working on a lot of years and you know we get offers all the time on these pieces of work but the offers are just not that great yeah yeah i mean we're just like yeah really yeah you just want us to give you this the the piece away for nothing and so you know we're looking forward to actually getting to nashville uh probably and that was one of the big plans i had this summer is getting to nashville a couple times and 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 lay these songs down i found a historic studio where all the great ones have uh, have recorded wow. just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and so it, it's a tribute to my father. Rather than just let him go, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna record these songs. If it sounds like it's a song that Merle Haggard should have sang, that's because that's we a, wrote the song for yep. Merle Haggard and back, vice versa. Johnny Cash, the great ones, you know, Waylon Jennings, the great ones, you know, Carl Perkins, you know, Absolutely. had an opportunity to actually work with these guys and present works to them. So, anyways, you know, maybe maybe that's something I should think about is try to bring those pieces back into. Uh, our industry since uh, the industry is beginning to lose a lot of those original guys. It is, and it has gone on, and what it is today is a lot different than it was before. So that's a great opening that we've had on there. But boy, Andrew, is the political scene in California and everywhere really heating up? You know, back to the roots of our show here yeah, a little you bit. Bet. You know, politics is politics, as we say on the 503 Report. And yeah, look, take a look at what's going on in California. It's exciting for California delegates within the Republican Party and definitely, you know, for the first time in, well, in the 20-something years I've been going to California Republican conventions out here. Um, you know, this one actually means something. It could be exciting. I mean, this event is clearly 100% sold out in two weeks. In wow. two weeks man it's wow. it's it's gone and so you know i'm looking forward to going down to burlingame san francisco area just outside of uh of the airport and yep. uh you know actually hanging out with some of these guys you know ted cruz is going to be there john case is going to be there carly fiorina is going to be there i'm not really sure if donald trump's going to be there yet at this point uh you know if he is going to be there i'm sure they're not going to announce it but i'm sure there's going to be all kinds of protests from that might from be what, that area that's probably what's uh, maybe because of that andrew you know and so lots happening you know california is definitely in play trump currently is in the lead not by much but he does have a small lead but what's interesting is how the california delegates break down and uh, most folks might not realize, you know, but we are proportionate when it comes to the delegates. And, you know, there's only like 13 delegates to go automatically to the winner. And then they are broke down three delegates per congressional district. So, you know, there's a lot. I mean, so even though, for instance, Ted Cruz might lose California, he can actually gain some delegates uh, with certain you know, certain well, demographical areas, yeah, absolutely. L.A. County, San Diego areas, those mm-hmm. congressional districts. Yeah. So, you know, there's 172 delegates up up 
you know, for, for grabs out here in California. And so, and basically that's three per 53 seats that we do have out in California. So yeah, we are, we are a bastion of delegate opportunity for all of the candidates coming out here. So exciting time for California on, on the national scene. I don't know if it's as exciting on the statewide scene. Obviously there's a lot going on. So there's a lot of, of information that is not being paid attention to out in California. You know, we, uh, we are coming up on the May revision and I find it kind of, uh, interesting that you are you're not hearing or, or seeing or there's no buzz at all well, right now crickets when it comes to when know. it comes to maybe the governor's may revision for his budget taking him into fiscal and uh, it's going to be kind of interesting because you know pay raises are, are going to be a topic obviously and so the bargaining units are coming into agreements that, that the bargaining units folks that's that's the organizations that represent the state employees in the state of california so you know the bargaining units are coming into deals and you're looking at nine ten 12 and 15 percent increases depending on what bargaining unit yes that is an impact on the budget but when we take a look at the budget document i mean if you really really read it i mean there's a half a billion to a billion dollars set aside you know for these increases for state employees so once again you know here we are you know we're, we're on the eve of the may revision is very 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 quiet we have had absolutely zero releasing of revenues coming into the state from taxes at this point in time so no reporting whatsoever on whether or not the state is within or not going to be within the projected tax revenue for the state treasury so all of this is actually just not being paid attention to because of the national scene right now in california with the republican party and obviously the democrats andrew is it because the numbers might not be good. Are they holding back on the releases of that? Or is this something that it always happens like this when it gets close? Or it, now if the economy was doing great and the money coming in was great, they would be touting that probably, would they not? Without a doubt, that would be the headlines. And even if it wasn't, they would still tout the headlines. And right. so, you know, at this point in time, it's kind of hard right now. You know, I don't know. I don't know what type of lipstick they're trying to put on this pig right now, man. <laughs> you know, it, it's no matter what it is, it's a pig and they're putting lipstick on it. So the budget right now, folks, is something that is is really going to be a factor coming into June. Not only are we voting in our primaries, you know, our budget, some of the things that the governor is putting into the budget at this point in time is questionable as far as this legal as far as I'm concerned. Sure. You know, I mean, you know, we've had the legislature say no to certain taxes and fee increases. Thank God, you know, yeah, good for those guys. They've done their job. And now all of a sudden we're seeing these taxes and these fee increases being incorporated with the budget document. So, you know, the governor doing the end around right now and proposing the budget, then it's approved by the legislature. That is going to be a question. And, and right now I'm just kind of surprised that some of these government watchdog and these tax guys and these anti-tax and fees guys aren't really jumping up and down and just screaming about this but at the same time you know when those guys get down there in, in sacramento once you get elected into those positions you know yeah the reality kicks in and the, the question is going to be is whether or not you want to lead the way when it comes to uh cutting necessary cuts you know making those tough decisions in order to balance a budget accurately andrew it's something we've all we've talked about for four years here on uh, tough cuts when it's coming into an election cycle also maybe uh a harbinger of maybe not getting reelected. It's very difficult. But you, as you said earlier, for the state employees, money has already been allocated and put aside for that. We saw the UC system just this last week. The teachers there, it looks like they're maybe coming to an agreement there. So most all bargaining units are coming online with proposals and putting it out to their members for votes. You know, and that's, uh, that's the timing of the ballots right now as far as um, – 
your ability to vote for or against this uh, this MOU, this contract. And, you know, the timing of it right now seems like, you know, at least with the bargaining unit six out there, the ballots right now are being timed in accordance to through the May revision and through the fiscal of June, whenever they're expecting the as long as there's no big, you know, budget sure. battle. So, you know, right now, I don't really know if there is going to be a budget battle. But one of the big stories that has been missed that we're talking about uh, because of all of this national and federal stuff was the fact that the Governmental Accounting Standards Board. Now, folks, that is a good board. OK, what's happened is, is that they're requiring the governments. And that is from the municipal to the county all the way to the state of California to list unfunded pension obligations as debt along with bonds and other things that they that the governments are in debt with so you know when they go out and they, they get in debt with wall street and uh you know the bonds to build whatever it is they're building the pension obligations now are going to be required to be listed on the walls of debts of all of these governments now that is a good thing because now we're going to be well it's a good thing for the people of california well, so and they the can taxpayers. see what, what, what how everything is playing out and how it's going andrew that could be very very bad news obviously <laughs> yes, for all can. the government employees yeah. when it comes to this and so you know this is part of the strategy i believe that is happening right now to attack the pension plans uh for all government employees in the state of california and you know it's just a matter of time before they're going to be successful so what that's going to do folks it's going to show 175 billion dollars of pension obligation on the state of California's great wall of debt. And so with that being said, you know, we're seeing the movement right now, folks. We see the Democrat mayor, former Democrat mayor, Chuck Reed, out of San Jose, California. You know, the, the, you know he, he's, he's pulled back on his Pension Reform Act, and we talked about, wait a minute, there's something kind of funky, there's something kind of suspicious about this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was hammered pretty good. See, Elvis, you were wrong. See, well, when you were wrong, you know, all this other stuff. You know, I was like, I don't think so. Yeah. But and then, you know, the big story that we missed a couple of weeks back, a couple of months back, you know, I lose track of time very, very, <laughs> very quickly, was when the California State University system is now proposing, by the way, and, and, and they're looking at a 10% raise increase for, for their employees also. But when the California State University system is now proposing a more traditional 401k uh, Roth IRA type uh, retirement plan for all new hires and eliminating the defined benefit plan, you know, and now we see this government accounting board now requiring now the state governments to list the pension. These are just steps that are going that way to eventually eliminate, I believe, the future of you know, of defined benefit plans that state employees have up in the state of California. Is that going to be brought to the state employees? Is that something that they're going to have a voice in, Andrew, that they can uh, tell their uh, elected officials, this is what we want, this is what we don't want? Or is that just going to kind of happen and materialize overnight, as we say, uh, with a a swipe of the pen? Look, guys, I mean, we all know. I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, we, we get an MOU, we get a contract, and all of a sudden we read something in the contract. And it's like, well, wait a minute, who uh, who negotiated this and who negotiated that? Well, you know, when it comes down to the pension plans, I mean, as state employees, the answer is no, we don't have control over that. The only individuals that have control of that is the California Public Employee Retirement System. Two five seven eight two five five is the phone line or the text line. Catch us on iTunes as well. The 503 Report bringing Sacramento and the world to you.
The views and opinions expressed on the 503 Report do not necessarily represent those of staff or management of KSV or Sierra Broadcasting Company and are brought to you solely by Andrew Wellborn and the 503 Network. Okay, folks, time for some more stuff that you should know, you don't know, maybe you don't want to know, but you're going to know that right now. Today's date in history, the year is 1914. The United States and Colombia signed a treaty concerning the Panama Canal Zone. 1943, this is kind of interesting, guys, and this is going to raise the hairs on all you libertarians next, let me tell you. In an attempt to check inflation, United States President Franklin Roosevelt freezes wages and prices, prohibits workers from changing jobs unless it aided the war effort, and prohibits rate increases to common carriers and public utilities. And then, of course, a year later, two years later, three years later, 1946, the League of Nations, which is a good thing, they assembled for the last time. And, of course, 1986, as we all know, the great one, the great Clint Eastwood, is elected mayor of Carmel, California. Mm-hmm. Hello, folks. Andrew Wellborn here on the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, we podcast on iTunes, where America's voice is heard, Tim. Absolutely. 257-8255 is the text line or the phone line if you have a question about something that's going on on here. In uh, 1986, Clint Eastwood and... Uh, what a great mayor he was uh, for there down in the in that area where you were at, my friend. <laughs> you know, hey, you know what? The conservative guy, obviously, I tell you what, you know, we need more Clint Eastwoods in the United States Congress. We need more Clint Eastwoods in, in, in different, you know, positions of government in the state of California, the rest of this nation. You know, I mean, one of the greatest, and everybody ridiculed him, but one of the greatest things I ever saw was when he had the conversation. With the chair? <laughs> with the chair with President Obama, you know, for the most part. And, you know, it's good to have guys like that. You know, he's creeping up there in the age. Once again, there's a generation that is starting to creep up a little bit that we're talking about, you know, the moral haggard generation and those great Americans that are starting to, uh, you know, creep off the earth a little bit. And so, well, not that, not that I'm, you know, you know, wishing or saying anything sure. about the old Clint there, but, you know, when it comes to this, guys, you know, that voice and that message and those thoughts right now, those are the ones, those are the thoughts that are no longer being implemented or imprinted, should we say, on the minds of our young people, especially out here in California. Absolutely. You know, Clint Eastwood, we heard in the news story out there, he wanted to ease restrictions on small businesses, a, a small community of 4,000 people, something that we are we champion here for over four years, going on five now on the 503 Report. To ease those restrictions, those businesses might not be going to other states, especially the one right next door to us in Nevada, and keep them in here, and so you'll have a lot more money in the, bu- in the budget and the money coming in. Well, every year I get this Sacramento Business Review and Emerging Trends in Sacramento's Economy through my membership with the Sacramento Metro Chamber of Commerce. Thank you guys, by the way. And, uh, you know, those the, the, that information that you just said, those numbers are printed here. Yeah, look at this stuff. This is dry reading, man. <laughs> but No, not for you, Andrew. Yeah, Come on this now. Is, this is dry bar graphs and stuff like wow. that, you know. And so when we're looking at this economic data, you know, I mean, yes, without a doubt, a lot of financial groups financial shows, financial reporters, you know, are beginning to report that, you know, last year and two years, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, California has lost over $2 billion in an economy that has left the state of California. $2 billion has gone someplace else in its economy. And uh, we might not think that that's a lot of money in the state of California. It might, you know, be a, a drop in the bucket, but boy, the big thing about that $2 billion is that's a lot of tax revenue, you know, when it comes to funding some of the programs that we've been accustomed to. 
And we were talking about the pension programs. We've been talking about the contracts, the MOUs. And in accordance to this report that I'm referring to here, it shows that, you know, the medium household income in various cities, it, 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 it's kind of interesting wow. in the comparison of California versus other cities. And so this is actually coming out of University of Sacramento. So Sac State University is, is, is where a lot of this information is coming from. And if you look right here, Tim, we're showing, folks, that when you look at this bar, right. you know, we're looking at the medium household income for people in Sacramento being just under $50,000 a year. And so with that, yes, you know, there is a struggle in the state of California. And individuals who are working hard you know, to make $50,000 a year versus, say, like the San Francisco area of just under $80,000 a year, which, I mean, $80,000 a year is not a lot of money it's in not. the San Francisco area based on its pricing. And it's very interesting because San Jose tops it all. And I have no idea why. Maybe somebody can call in and tell me. Why? But San Jose is over $80,000 a year in medium household income. Well, probably because Silicon Valley, it's all down in that area, and it's, it's, it's driven on that. But, Andrew, talking about that $2 billion, well, when you let people, when people leave your state and your area and businesses leave and you lose people, you lose those numbers and those revenue, and people want those. They fight for those. Congressional uh, elected officials, they fight for those every year. They go to bat for their districts. They want that same amount of money, but you have less of a base to draw from, oh, let's maybe hike up the taxes a little bit and keep that money coming in. Well, one of the things that we've been advocating on the show and we're going to continue to advocate is the importance of having the money in the bank uh, prior to us spending it. And that's where your real budget is. And the question for Californians and across this nation, people across this nation, whether it be your state government or your federal government, should we go into debt every year in order to finance uh, our services to the people without the proper tax base? Do we really want to see what it's going to cost you as a middle class individual every year on your taxes should we actually fund and pay for what we are paying for without going into debt mm. with wall street with the bonds every year okay you're on the 503 report thanks for joining the conversation what's on your mind today this is trouble again hey you betcha. hey i was wondering what you think about that jefferson crap would you please give me an answer yeah. on the air yeah, absolutely. You know, look, I uh, one of these things I'm trying to do is is I, I, I appreciate first of all the the local conversation that's happening, the dialogue. I, I do read the letters to the editor right now in our local paper because they're going at it, and and you know there's pros and there's cons with with the Jefferson at this point in time. You know, I, I don't know if I really want to be neutral, and I don't really know if I really want to take in a position. The difficulty of it is going to be is whether or not it's going to be sustainable for us in Lassen County, because, you know, this is what it's about, Lassen County. You know, uh, you know, we get back to local government, our local roots, the counties, the cities within the counties, you know, and within a district that we elect, you know, to go down and represent us. So is it good for California? I'm sorry, is it good for Lassen County? The problem is, is this, this, this is what, what you've, you've got to understand, folks, is that are you going to get, you know, the government employees to support it in Lassen County? Are they going to support it? You know, I mean, so many individuals are tied to the federal and the state government. And uh, for any of us that think that, uh, well, for any proponents, should we say, of the state of Jefferson, who think that the state of California are going to honor some of the contracts within the state employees, well, that's, that's, that's absolutely incorrect. So, you know, the state of Jefferson, yes, let me tell you something. Other than the name, other than the name, I really just don't care for the name. If it was Northern Californians that advocate, then yes, because most people, your Californians believe that they're Californians. And one of the big 
biggest complaints that I hear out there on the streets is, what's the state of Jefferson? We want to be Northern California. I'm a Californian is what I hear all the time. I'm not a Jeffersonian. And so, you know, I, I think that they would have a, a, a lot better traction with that thought. But ultimately, when it comes down to the voters supporting that, you know, I would benefit greatly, I think. I think I'd benefit greatly on a personal level living out of state of California with state income and pension income that comes into my household. So, you know, to to be able to live out of the state of California without actually moving out of Lassen County would be a great benefit for me, you know, especially right now when I'm staring at what I'm about to stare at, which is, you know, complete permanent separation, you know, from, from, from state obligations and services. So I don't know, guys. I mean, when it comes down to the state of Jefferson, you look, it's got a long haul, I think. And we're starting to see people in the community of influence uh, beginning to oppose it. And I think that's pretty much it right now. All indicators, all the poll polling right now, Measure G coming up in Lassen County on June 7th is, uh, I think it's in trouble. I think Measure G is going to be in trouble with the voters up here in Lassen County. 25 years ago, Andrew, when this roughly, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's about that time frame when we were going through this uh, before, and it had a lot of steam. California, especially Northern California, was going through a lot of problems. Uh, forests were being very much heavily regulated. Uh, the timber industry was going away, and people up here were losing lifestyles. Farming was made more and more difficult. And so it, it had a big head of steam 25 years ago, Andrew. And as we don't see as much of that up here anymore, there's not as much economy up here anymore. Uh, like I, I agree with you, Northern California, the state of Jefferson is a little bit different, but Northern California I like. And if we could sustain up here, you know, I'd be for it, but it's going to be very, very difficult. Andrew. It is going to be difficult. Okay, you're on the 503. Thanks for joining the conversation. What's on your mind today? Hey, I was born here in the old county jail. Would I have to change my birth certificate? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> That's, yeah, we, we, we know that all about and you're you. Admitting, and you're admitting <laughs> that, too. Huh? Okay. All right, we're lighting up the phones. Thanks for joining the 503. What's on your mind today? Um, the Save Jefferson movement actually started in Southern Oregon and Northern California right. back in the 40s. Mm-hmm. And w- from what I understand, it was supposed to have been voted on uh, two days after Pearl Harbor. Right. And they, so it, it's not a new concept. No, no, not Correct. at all. You know, so, um, and the size of the state of California has gotten so big that rural counties such as as Lassen, mm-hmm. aren't represented. Yeah. And I think that's the movement. It is. I'm a retired state employee. Mm-hmm. I have qualms both ways. But I like to see the conversation, even if I don't agree with it. Absolutely. We, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call. And that's one of the biggest things about the uh, state of Jefferson movement is the representation. And we hear about that all the time because up here we have – you know, not very many votes legislative-wise as compared to Southern California and, and down in Sacramento. Our voice is not heard, right. so to speak. You know, I mean, like I said, I mean, that, that is the important thing is, is to have the conversation about it. And that's, uh, folks, by no means am I trying to advocate against it. And, and by no means am I trying to advocate it for it at this point on, on this show. It's really, if we can engage the conversation, the more information we put out there, the better we are as far as informed. And then you can make an informed decision on what's best, maybe for yourself or collectively for the people of Northern California. So Stan Statham, we bring on from time 
time to time, you know, he's the greatest historian. Obviously, you know, he knows most of the history, more about than most people. You know, he was a great advocate of the split when he served in the California legislature. And we bring him on time to time. We'd like to talk about those stories. But, you know, when it comes down to this, the state of Jefferson, folks, is really up to you, especially up here in our local audience, Lassen County, California. Measures G is coming up. You know, um, I, 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 I like the fact that most of the conversation seems to be civil over it. Most of the dialogue in our local letter to the editors, well, it's civil, and that's very important. You know, as long as we can maintain a civility, then we can make an informed decision. But that's the process, folks. That's what you get to decide over the next three months. And I have a feeling as we get closer to June, as it, you know, it's, it's going to be a big issue for us. And uh, it's going to be interesting because of the primary, how many voters turn out. And we may see record number of voters on the Republican side this uh, this June. So it could go for you or it could go against you based on those numbers. Now, traditionally, traditionally, lower numbers and voter turnout usually results in things passing. So, I mean, you know, good luck to the movement. Good luck to the individuals who are advocating it and campaigning for it. But, you know, it, it's just a, it's good that we're having the conversation and continue. 50% of 30% turnout, you know, they play the 50% great, but oh, they man. forget that it's 30% turnout <laughs> of that 50. So the higher numbers... And I think we are going to see that anyway. It's the, the Donald effect everywhere across this nation. Just getting out and informing people what's going on. He has done that. Yeah, don't get caught up in those percentages, folks. I yeah. talk about it all the time. <laughs> you know, like you said, Tim, hey, you know, 50, 75% of 30% turnout is not, you know, a major victory. You win, but, you know, I mean, you know, if only 10 people show up to vote. <laughs> yeah, well, and, while the majority, yeah, huh? And you win seven. Don't, don't get all excited that you got a mandate yeah. in anything when it comes to the election. I got to tell you, yeah, folks, uh, interesting times in California, you know, one of the big things that we're not looking at and one of the big things that is being overlooked by folks is the fact that Bernie Sanders is actually giving Hillary Clinton a run for her money out here in California. So it's going to be crazy times. It's going to be exciting times in the state of California come this June, not just on the Republican side, but definitely on the Democrat side as well. Feeling the burn, Andrew. (laughs) All right, folks. Now time for my favorite book. This one comes from Psalms 9. 91, two. I say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. In him will I trust. God bless you, America. The 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, calling on Governor Jerry Brown to clean up that office of Inspector General so that we can thank all those men and women who go to work, working the toughest beat in the state every day so that you, our listener, up and down the state of California and across this nation, including you, Governor Jerry Brown, can be saved. Thank you for the calls today and the text as well. Grab a cup of coffee and join us for a rebroadcast Saturday at 7 before the news and swap shop on Sunday at 7.30 before pre-program shows. Go to the 503 Report where America's voice is heard. You can catch us there as well. And thank iTunes as well. We will be back next Friday for the 503 Report. Have yourselves a great weekend. We lost a great one in Merle Haggard. Get out there and enjoy your family and your friends. And remember, we are all born free.